name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. There's a very important race that we as Christians have. It's a race that we all should be competing in. And maybe not so much a race, maybe more like that game of limbo. Some of you might remember the old Chubby Checkers song, Limbo Rock. But a limbo, what must you do? As he says in the song, how low can you go? See, the race that we Christians have is a race to be the lowest, the most humble, to place ourselves below others. And this race, it's very beautifully described in St. Paul's epistle to the Ephesians that we read at every marriage service, that epistle reading that people so often misunderstand because they think of hierarchy and they think the man is on the top and then the woman is under the man because they don't understand Christianity. We Christians many times don't understand Christianity. Yes, there is an order. That's what hierarchy means. There's an order. But the order can only be understood through Christ, where the hierarchy is inverted. Christ, who is at the top, is at the bottom. This is how we understand hierarchy within the church. Because yes, there is order in all things, in marriages, in the church, in the created world. All we see is order, other than the disorder that we've put into that world. So this hierarchy is a race, a rushing, to the bottom, to humble ourselves, to be filled with humility so that nothing can bother us, nothing can affect us. So this is a race that we all engage in as Christians, to greater or to lesser degrees, no doubt. But the race is ultimately a shedding of our ego. We put aside all the things that we think are so important to us that really aren't what we perceive of ourselves, how we want others to perceive of us, how we want to be treated, how we think, what well, it's not right the way that person treated me, or that's just, that's unfair, that's unjust. The person was being so mean. All of these ways that we talk, which is to protect our own ego. This isn't the way of Christ. Did you ever hear Christ speak like that? So this hierarchy is inverted, and we're all racing, racing, racing down to the bottom, which is the top. That's the paradox. Right? Our Lord said, but he who is greatest among you shall be your servant, and whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. It's like an X. The one who exalts himself will be humbled. The one who humbles himself will be exalted. It's a paradox. And our Lord says again, at the end of the, the parable of the publican and the Pharisee, which we'll read next week, it says, and the tax, collector, collector, the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. 
an echoing of those words that we heard in the Gospel of Matthew that I just read. And again, our Lord says, later in the Gospel of Matthew, he says, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. This is the race before us, the great race indeed. And it is a race to humble ourselves. Because if we don't humble ourselves, as our Lord says, we will be humbled. It will hurt. It will be painful. Why? Because we will hold on to our ego, to our perceptions of ourself, and it will hold on to those, and those will be ripped away from us. We've all experienced this. We've all been humiliated. We've all had that experience of something that we didn't want others to think of us, suddenly they think of us. Or that we wanted them to think of us in a certain way, and now they don't. It's difficult to enter into this race. Sometimes people might say, well, being humble or being too humble, as though there were such a thing, means that you'll become a pushover, a doormat, or you'll become wishy-washy. But being humble doesn't mean that we depart from God or that we participate in sin or evil or that we cease to have a will. To understand this better, we look at the example of the saints. St. Photios the Great, whom we commemorate this day. Was he a pushover? Not at all. St. Photios was such a very devout and humble man, one who taught the emperor, one who taught the patriarch, very pious man, that when the time came that they needed a new patriarch of Constantinople, everyone acclaimed him a lay person. And so within less than a week, he was made to be a deacon, a priest, and then the patriarch of Constantinople. This was all in the, the 900s, in the 10th century. And in that role, he endured great struggles. He had the emperor murdered by another who became emperor, and that new emperor, Patriarch Photios, would not permit to receive the Holy Eucharist because he's a murderer. And so he was exiled, and someone else was put in his place. And then eventually he was brought back to be the patriarch. But then there were more intrigues because of the Pope of Rome. You can read all of this in the bulletin. You can read much more online. And so he endured a life of great struggles. But ultimately, he humbled himself. And we see this in so many saints. St. Saint Paisios, the recent saint, how very, very humble he was. Or St. Iacobos of Evia, he would always be saying to people, forgive me, forgive me. Even in the martyrs, we see this. They are unwavering in their faith, so strong in their faith, and yet they allow things to happen to them. They are humbled before these things. Most of all, we see this in our Lord. Some people would like to imagine that Christ is great, this great warrior for justice, who's going around, righting the wrongs, fixing the things that are unjust in the world. But this is not what the gospel reveals. What the gospel reveals is one who is truth himself, who cannot depart from truth. 
who is unwavering in who he is and how he is. And yet, look at how much he was humbled and humiliated. This is what we hear in St. Paul's epistle to the Philippians. First, he talks to them, encourages them, saying, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, lest each esteem others better than himself. Or I'm sorry, in lowliness of mind, let each one esteem others better than himself. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation. Taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. He is our example of what humility means. So humility is not being a pushover. Humility is not being a doormat. But don't let those reasonings excuse actions that are less than humble. Humility is on my mind because in the gospel today we see extreme humility. And sometimes in this gospel reading we can get kind of focused on what our Lord is saying and how our Lord is acting because it's very jarring for how the apostles were acting in this gospel. But at the heart of the gospel is a story of humility, of deep, deep humility. Humility that is so deep that we can't even comprehend it. How many of us could speak and act as the woman in the gospel today? St. Augustine says, See, brothers, how this woman who was a Canaanite, how her humility is highly praised. And then it's a comparison because our Lord went to Tyre and Sidon, right? To the Gentiles, to the region of the Gentiles. He left the Jewish people and went there. And so this wonderful passage from St. Augustine, he says, Indeed, the Jewish people, as castigated in the gospel, were puffed up with pride because they were chosen to receive the law. Because of pride, they were unwilling to respond to Christ, the author of humility, the restrainer of swell-headedness. Because of their pride, they were removed from the olive tree, that is, from the people begotten of the patriarchs, broken natural branches, and in the olive tree, a wild olive shoot was grafted. This wild olive shoot represents the Gentile people. Here St. Augustine is echoing St. Paul in his epistle to the Romans, talking about the olive tree, which is the people of Israel, and how dead branches are broken off and new grafts are put onto it. And he says, The branches were broken because of pride. The wild olive shoot was grafted in because of humility. Think about that. The way away from God is pride. The way toward God is humility. There is no other equation in this. The woman manifested this humility saying, Yes, Lord, I am a dog. I desire crumbs. And Jesus also found favor in her, as he did with the centurion who had this humility. St. Theophylact said, Crumbs are not large in the eyes of those who eat loaves. The Jewish people were those who eat loaves. They had a great, a great inheritance. Like us, if we have big eyes, we eat loaves. 
But to the dogs, they are large, and they feed on them. It's a beautiful image. It's all about perspective. And our perspective is so warped inside of ourselves because of our ego. So we humble ourselves because ultimately, this is where we meet Christ. We cannot meet Christ in the high places because he's made himself lowly. We cannot say to Christ, look at all my great accomplishments. Because Christ himself, the God and the creator of the universe, has lowered himself and humbled himself. This is where we meet Christ. We meet Christ when we become the servant of all, as he himself said. This place, this low place that we go towards ultimately is the cross. It is the cross where we meet Christ. On the cross inside the altar there, normally there's an inscription above the cross. And that inscription says, not king of the Jews, it says king of glory. King of glory. And that's the inscription on the cross when Christ is crucified on the cross. We understand him to be the king of glory, not just because he is the king of glory, but because on the cross is where his glory is revealed. Broken, humiliated, spat upon, derided. This is the glory of our Lord. This is where God is fully revealed is on the cross. And this is where we meet him. We meet him upon the cross, not just his cross, but our own cross. So how do we humble ourselves? How do we do this? I could say be humble. It's not very easy. But we try, we strive, we know that God will give us the opportunity as he has already many times in our lives. And we can either take up that opportunity and accept the derision, the humiliation, or we can also seek out to be not looking for our own things first, not looking for what we want first, but for the other. There's another little uh, tip we could say, from St. Ephraim of Katunakia. This was a quote that was in the, the monthly newsletter. He says, be patient with your passions and be patient with mine. Then you'll become a saint. Pretty simple equation. Be patient with your passions and be patient with mine. Then you'll be a saint. The passions are our sinful desires, all the ways in which we sin in the world, so patience is at the heart of humility, and I'll explain how. Because on the one hand, our patience is to humbly accept our sinfulness. Now that doesn't mean to pursue sinfulness, to be more sinful. What it means is I have to humbly accept how very enslaved I am. Once I can begin to see how enslaved I am, First of all, I can recognize there's no way I'm fixing this. It is God alone that is going to fix this. But second of all, this is our cross. We would love to have the cross of Christ to be there sinless and receiving that. We might even want to have the cross of martyrs who are martyred for their, for their fidelity to Christ. But most of us don't have that cross. Our cross is our own sin. Yes, I keep struggling with anger. That's my cross. 
yes, I keep struggling with wanting to have more stability in my life by having more things and everything is budgeted and well figured out in my finances. That's my cross. Yes, it's my cross, but I keep looking at other people, judging them, judging them, and judging them again and again and again. This is our cross. Why is it our cross? Because if we actually recognize how enslaved we are, we can see, I'm going to have to patiently bear this, offering it to God again and again and again and again. I think we can all imagine the things in our life that we would love to have fixed like that. Right? Just pause for a second and think about it. Oh, I wish I were no longer that thing. But it's not like that. We have to recognize that that thing that we've been burying and burying for years and years is deeply embedded inside of us. And the slow and patient work of repentance, slow and patient work of repentance, this is what slowly over time heals that. But it's not a strike of lightning. Yes, miracles happen, but we can't bank all of our spiritual life on a miracle happening. It's slow and patient work, and this is our cross. So we carry our cross. That was the part about be patient with your passions. This is a saint speaking this way. Again, it doesn't mean that we accept our passions, we accept our sins, and we say, oh, this is just how I am. It's that we say, I see how deep this is. And this is going to be long, hard work of repentance to be drawn out of it. But then that second part is be patient with mine. That's what he says. Saint Ephraim, the saint, is saying this. Be patient with mine, then you'll become a saint. Because the other side of this, for humility, it needs forgiveness. If we are able to forgive people more easily, that's a part of where our humility comes about. It's also an expression of our humility. Because we say, who am I? Who am I to be holding this against that person? Me, who am so enslaved in sin and so struggling, who am I? So we're patient with ourselves. We're patient with others. And in this way, we become at peace. Because ultimately, our journey is a journey towards peace, towards Christ himself, who is our peace. We want humility. We should strive to want humility. We should recognize the times when we don't really want humility and repent of that. Because there's no amount of humility that's too much for us. We need more and more. So we have this race before us. Imagine a world in which everyone is racing, racing, racing to be below the people around them. It's a very joyful world if you think about it. It's not slavish. It's a joyful way in which everyone, everyone is striving. No, you first, please. No, it's okay. I don't mind. It's a beautiful world. So may we as Christians in this room be those who are striving in this race to be how low can you go? As low as you can go. And by God's grace, every time that you can't go lower, you can repent, say to God, forgive me, help me, so that I can bring myself lower so that I can join you. Amen.